Parenting is hard, but there's help. Welcome to Everyday Parenting with Mary Beth Henry, a licensed marriage and family therapist and parent educator. Everyday Parenting utilizes face-to-face unscripted interviews with real parents, but names have been changed to protect their identities. If you have a business and would like to reach directly into the ears of our listeners, please contact us at parentingpodcast at gmail.com. Speech, language, and communication play a vital role in our lives. Without it, children have difficulty communicating their basic needs and can struggle academically or with peers. At Jabberdogs, speech-language pathologist Stephanie Mashik can help you or your loved one become a successful communicator. Based in Pasadena, California, Jabberdogs offers private speech and language therapy at affordable rates. They also take insurance, including Blue Shield and Anthem Blue Cross of California. Visit Jabberdogs.com for more information. That's J-A-B-B-E-R-D-O-G-S dot com. Um, but tonight is a night of, um, you know, we're all, we're, once again, we're all kind of making some decisions about our, our children and our families. And I just wanted to give one more piece of insight from our last Zoom. Um, there was some questions about homeschooling and, and all the different aspects of homeschooling charter schools, charter homeschooling, private homeschooling. There's just so many options that are out in that world. Um, it, you know, and I, I want to be, you know, be clear about the honesty and of, of where we are right now within the homeschool uh, realm and, you know, know that a lot of the homeschool programs, the traditional homeschool programs uh, as of June 1st um, had, had uh, their, their um, registration had been as closed. Um, so that is, but there are other options that we can look at tonight. And so the, the speakers I have tonight are all people that I know very well. The three families that are, that are speaking and I have all been in parent ed before. Um, and some were in parent ed for pretty much their whole adult life. Um, one, one raising six children, <laughs> one raising two children and one raising three children. So I want, um, you to be able to hear from them. Um, I'm going to introduce the uh, first speaker this evening, which is, um, we're going to let Christy and Morgan, which is a husband-wife duo, their children went through parent ed many years ago, and uh, we got to know each other, and Morgan, the father, um, taught my daughter in in middle school, middle school math, so when he was teaching at um, the school my daughter went to, so it's been a nice connection, it's been wonderful to keep in contact with them. So right now, I'm going to give the, the platform to Christy and Morgan. Morgan and Christy, could you please uh, just talk a little bit about yourselves? Give us whatever you, insight you want to give to parents um, from the homeschooling, homeschooling world. Sure. Hi, everyone. Thanks, Mary Beth. Uh, I'm Christy. Now, our daughters, and this is Morgan, um, our daughters now are um, 15 and 13. They're going into grades, um, 8th grade and 10th grade. So we're actually done homeschooling. (laughs) They're back in school now. Um, But our our older daughter went to brick and mortar school for kindergarten, first and second grade. Um, And then when our younger one started, it was not as good of a fit for her. Um, And at the same time, I was already interested in homeschooling. But because she didn't love school, that um that kind of clinched it so we decided to homeschool her and we thought it might just be one kid one year but it ended up being 
both girls for a total of seven years. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of how it happens sometimes. <laughs> um, so it was a good experience. We had lots of, you know, we did a lot of different things. One thing that's fun about homeschool is you can try something new every year. <laughs> Um, so it was a great experience for us, um, and then we wanted them to go back to brick and mortar for high school. So, Mary Beth, I might need some guiding questions. Sure. Do you have certain things you want us to share about? Sure. I would love for you to explain um, what organ. How, how did you choose your homeschool curriculum? How did you choose um, what you decided to use for your children? And how did that process happen? Because I have a lot of parents. This is the first time they've ever even thought about this process um, or and they just kind of just to give your insight to how how that began for you let, let's start there um well there there's so much out there so i actually work for one of the uh, homeschool charter schools now um as like a teacher advisor um so i spend a lot of time with families trying to find the right curriculum fit for their kids um so yeah that's a huge question um if I mean, I can share my favorites, but it really depends on kind of where you're coming from and what you're interested in and what your kids are like. Um, so it, so it, is, it is helpful to find the right fit. So I can just share some of my favorites, um, but there are really more than I can mention. So I would start with a couple of um, websites. One is Bookshark, and that is... Um, is a great provider of um, very literature-based curriculum. So if your kids like to read, that's a good one. Um, and the other one I would highly recommend is Timberdoodle. Timberdoodle, they don't really create much of their own curriculum, but they uh, kind of gather together curriculum from different providers um, and offer those. So those are some of my favorites. Um, but yeah, I mean, just in general, like once you decide to homeschool, like really you have the opportunity to make it what you want it to look like. Um, so it's a little tricky homeschooling right now because we don't, you know, normally we have a lot of classes, like in-person classes with other homeschoolers and park days. Um, and those those were a big part of our homeschool experience, but those are not, you know, if those are happening right now, they're only happening online, which is not the same thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, Mary Beth, I would be happy to share more of my like curriculum resources. Um, I could email you to share with people because it's kind of going down a rabbit hole. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. So when you, when you work with families currently, because you work for, with a homeschooling, um, organization um when you begin to work with a family and and assessing that what are some basic things that you're talking with the families and looking for and and having the families think about when they are making that decision and and start the decision of either homeschooling or just or looking for a curriculum what, what are some questions that do come up for for you and for the families yeah that's a great question so i there are really three primary questions. So the first is, do, does the family want online curriculum or offline curriculum? Um, so if you know you want like actual books and workbooks, you know, we kind of go down one path. Or if you know you want um, online materials, that's kind of a different set of options. Um, the second question would be, 
if you're kind of gravitating toward a certain homeschool philosophy. Um, so those would be like the classical philosophy um, or like Waldorf, which is like nature-based or Charlotte Mason. These are all different teaching styles and there are certain curriculum options that kind of follow or are modeled on that philosophy. Um, so that's another helpful thing to think about if you kind of know what you like or what teaching style you like. Um, and then the third question would be how much time the parents or tutor or whoever's helping teach, how much time that person can spend. Um, you know, some homeschool parents just spend all day. That's, you know, that is their job is for all the hours of the day <laughs> they're teaching their kids. Other homeschool parents really, really have something else they need to do. Um, and so they, they need curriculum where like the lessons are like video lessons. So the instruction actually comes from an outside teacher. Um, so those are the questions that kind of help me think about what curriculum would be a good fit. Oh, I had a question, Mrs. Henry. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for your time. Um, uh, what about if you kind of want to transition, you know, it's kind of this original time, but if to move back into public school down the road, um, does that affect what kind of philosophy you pick, like more classical that might be textbook based that kind of can, you know, not take you down the rabbit hole of um, only homeschooling, but possibly transition back like you did into a brick and mortar school? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and that is, I wouldn't say that's like a specific philosophy, but I would say that as you're looking at curriculum websites, you'll want to kind of pay attention to, do they say anything about like it covers the standards? Because um, a lot of them do, and then some of them don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is it is generally helpful to to look for ones that are covering the standards. I mean, honestly, my personal experience is that um, as long as my kids were kind of, you know, understood that they did need to kind of do school for a certain number of hours a day, if they always had a math workbook and we had to get through, you know, the certain lessons, they always had some reading to do, always some writing, always, you know, some of the other subjects. Um, I think as long as you keep them in that rhythm and routine of like, we do school from 8.30 till 2 o'clock or whatever it is, um, that, that's really the most helpful, even more helpful than looking for a standards-based curriculum. I think the kids who really have a hard time going back to school are the ones who are just like, and now we're free and do school if you want to, but don't if you don't. <laughs> Obviously, that's going to be hard to transition back. Yeah. Melina, does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Thank you. Mm -hmm. yeah. I have a question, Mrs. Henry. Yes, this is Lori. Hi, Lori. Um, our, our son is going into kindergarten, so he's really had no educational. I mean, he had preschool, which was play preschool, and he rode tricycles all day. But he's never which started. Is, which is great, Lori, which is really good, right? Yes, yes. And he enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> but he's never had any formal sit down here. You have an hour to do math. Sit down, write, practice your letters. You know, and the school day goes from, at least in Pasadena, I think it's from nine to three. So how do you get your five-year-old 
into a structured six hour sit, learn, read, you know, how, how <laughs> we're all shaking our heads now. <laughs> but eventually he's going to have to go to school and he is going to be in that kind of structured environment no. where what, I mean, no. if you can have recess every hour and a half, but. Have recess every half hour. <laughs> Yeah, I, I used to teach first grade, and really, when they're that little, they can't sit still for more than 20 minutes, so I would do, like, 20-minute chunks, um, yeah, and just, you know, read for 20 minutes, and then maybe read for 20 minutes at night, and that's it for reading, um, and same thing for everything else. They, they don't need six hours of sitting down doing academics, I mean, you know. Sometimes kindergarten's half day. Kindergarten's technically optional in California. So, like, what, just like addition, what mm -hmm. is your approach in teaching addition? Or how do you come up with the curriculum for the grade level? So, yeah, I mean, just, I would find some workbooks that he likes um, for math and have him do those. I mean, you also, you can just look up the California standards for each grade level and probably, you know, if he's a bright five or six-year-old, he probably, like, already knows half the math standards for kindergarten. Right. Um, kind of how, how do you assess them to make sure that they know it? So if you're just homeschooling this year and you probably plan to go to brick and mortar next year, how do you know that they've met the standard in order to not be behind next year? Um, if you get a workbook, like a kindergarten workbook, um, and, you, and you know it's standards-based and he's able to do it all, you know, that's one way to know. But if you're, you know, if you're not into workbooks, and some people aren't for kindergarten especially, you know, if you just look at the standards and it'll say, he can add you know, three single digit numbers. And so you, honestly, all you have to do is say, what's six plus five plus two? And if he can do it, he can do it. <laughs> and then you can check it off. Sorry, Beth, I can add a few things if there's no more sure. yes, Morgan, questions about you? that. Sure. So I'm just coming strictly from a math perspective. Um, so I taught middle school math for, well, many years. So, <laughs> the, um, so I'm assuming, but I don't want to make a huge assumption that most of your, most people on here have elementary kids. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So if you guys are planning to take maybe like a year off in homeschool or maybe even two years and then, well, you know, when things come back to normal, you come back in. My suggestion would be whatever district or whatever school that you guys are planning to to go back into is to figure out what curriculum and what math curriculum specifically that they're using and see if you can get a hold of that textbook or that, that workbook, whatever they're using. And to answer to the previous question, that'll also give you an idea of where your child needs to be by the end of the year or where they re-enter into the brick and mortar school. So if your child's going into third grade right now, 
um, I would get a fourth grade textbook from the district, or not from the district, but try to get a, a textbook or a workbook in fourth grade so that you understand where your child needs to be at the end of third grade. And then you can also decipher what skills are going to be necessary for, um, for the third grade year or whatever year they happen to be in. And then just in elementary, as they approach middle school, the, the, the main, the number one thing that I would suggest is making sure that they have number sense. So a lot of people want to focus on the, the very specific standards. Um, and that's fine. You, you, you know, you should focus on the specific standards, but sometimes the standards are, aren't very clear. And sometimes um, they're, they get a little wordy and you might not understand what, what they mean by them. So when in doubt, just, just go back to number sense. So in terms of like, if you're in upper elementary, you want to make sure that they know their, their fractions, their decimals, um, their percents really well, um, as well as possible. And if they're in lower elementary, you want to make sure that they understand fact families of addition and subtraction, and then also with multiplication and division. So that if they have that number sense and those number associations, then when they get to upper elementary and middle school, their math curriculum will be much easier for them because they have, they have that number sense. Thank you, Morgan. Yep. All right, thank you, Morgan and Chrissy. Thank you so much. We are going to go on to our next, um, our next visitor tonight is Lisa, and I'm going to leave the open for her. So Lisa, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, warning parents, this is the one who has a six pack of children. So here we go, Lisa, you, <laughs> you've got the floor. Hi, Mary Beth. Hi. <laughs> yeah, hi, my name is Lisa Larios. I've been in, um, how many years? A in long time. A long forever. Time. Yeah, forever. Like I graduated high school from your class, right? That's right. <laughs> like 12 years or something. Yeah, because so, I keep on having kids. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, um, but anyway, yeah, um, I have six kids. I have one boy and five girls, my oldest being uh, uh, the boy, and he has five sisters. And um, so um, he's now 19. I graduated him. And um, the, so he's going to uh, Citrus College, um, just, you know, taking classes. But he's been taking classes there since when he was in high school. So he's got quite a bit of um community college I mean like college credits already so he should be um you know it's just a matter of him deciding what he wants to do and then he'll be transferring to wherever he wants to go and um and then I have a 17 year old who's also taking classes at um Citrus uh they're doing concurrent enrollment and um and we are overall we are um in a charter school as um Christy had mentioned so we are with a charter school called Excel Academy Charter School, and it's a pretty much a, um, a homeschooling charter school because um, all the schooling is done um, by the parents, and uh, we work with a, a like an education. We call them a teacher of record, basically that reviews our kids' work, and we turn in samples to them. Uh, we meet with them once a month, roughly, and um, and she just checks on our progress and. Um, and then keeps the record because that's one of those things I just did not did not want to deal with. And um, so, well, those are the two older ones. 
and um, and then so the four younger ones, I have them in ages from seven, nine, eleven, fourteen, and um, so uh, they are. Well, we are all uh, currently we're doing um, pretty much a uh, our. Our approach to homeschooling is pretty much I finally settled on is um, uh, classical style. So um, we are part of um, a group that does um, classical conversation. If you guys are familiar with that, um, which uh, all the information that kids are learning are broken down into uh, grammar stage. Uh, uh, what is it? Red, uh, grammar. Uh, uh, logic and uh, rhetoric stage. And, you know, that's something that you could probably like research on your own if you're interested. But um, grammar stage, uh, the gist is that you, um, you know, the the kids are not really comprehending completely uh, what the information that it's being presented. It's just a, a lot of memorization. It's just pre presenting a wide range of information, just having them memorize it. And then when they, and that, that goes from about like the grammar uh, years from kindergarten to about five, six, uh, the fifth or sixth grade. And then the logic stage is kind of like middle school age where they start to, they're still working with the same type of information. Um, but these information are kind of, they, they get what the, the information that they kind of uh, learned or memorized in the grammar stage and then they start to analyze them to, to, to start to kind of make sense of them and um, that's kind of like and then process them and then in high school years which is the rhetoric age um, they start to analyze the information that they have so um, that's kind of like a broad gist of what the classical approach is um, so but I've been through so many different types of homeschooling because um, because I was new to it, um, initially I never thought I was going to homeschool, but you know, my husband coerced me into doing it. And, <laughs> and then I was being a little OCD about like not having anybody indoctrinate my kids except for myself. So, <laughs> and then, so, um, so anyway, I decided to, um, and, and besides my son started to read at a young age and I, I was afraid at the time that he was going to be considered, you know, that he was going to be labeled as like ADD because he, he really wasn't, um, he, you know, because he would like to read and he would not want to like sit down or pay attention to other things. Cause he's just wants to do what he wants to do. Like, like one of the moms just mentioned, right? Like kindergarten, what are you going to do when he's like, he's, he can't sit down, you know? Um, so that was kind of on my boy. And then, so I was like, well, um, I know he likes to read, so I don't want him to be, um, hindered by anything. So that's why we decided that we were going to homeschool. And, um, and it's been, gosh, how many years? 15, 16 years. Yeah. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it has been. <laughs> yes, it has been, Lisa. So, yeah, I'm losing count. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, um, so, so anyway, I'm, I don't know. Um, but I remember when I first started homeschooling, I was clueless. And I was very afraid and um, I did not know what to do. So I started with uh, K-12. It's a program called K-12. Um, I think it's called um, in, in California, it's called CAVA, California Virtual Academy. 
And um, back then, um, they give you everything. So it is a, um, a charter school. Um, they provided you with a computer, a printer, with internet access, everything. All the, like, if you sign up, they give you everything. And um, that's what I started with. And I said, because I needed it. That was something that what I needed. I needed a structure um, because I didn't know what the squad I was doing. So, um, so then I kind of, I really like that was a really good program to start with because if you don't have any idea what you want to do and how to start, that's a very good uh, point to start because they, you pretty much get all your bases covered. They cover um, every single subject, math, science, language, arts, reading, um, they will send every single piece of book that you that that, that is needed in the curriculum to um, that you will use. Uh, they'll send you paper. They'll send you like um, I even remember they even sent you like a handwriting paper, um, clay for your science experiments. Everything. So um, that's a really good one to start or consider. Well, that's the one that I started. So I was in there um, uh, for about a couple of years. And um, I started to kind of get the hang of it. And I started um, to join like um, other um, like uh, homeschooling uh, meetup groups um, at the uh, at the park. And then you just started to exchange ideas, always inquiring people, what are you using? How do you like them? And this and that. And then um, and then I started to gain a little bit more confidence and have a little bit more idea of what um, what I wanted to do. So. So I left K-12 because I wanted more flexibility because K-12 was, you know, of course, they provided you with a fairly rigid structure and you kind of have to follow it. And then, you know, kind of at that point, um, it didn't really work well for us anymore. So we moved on to um, Sky Mountain Charter School. And Sky Mountain Charter School is one of another independent study um, uh, charter school where the teacher is the mom and then you get a stipend. Uh, well, not the mom, the parent. Um, and then you get a stipend for per student, and then you're able to use that um, to purchase curriculum or take classes, um, whatever. But it has to be, um, you know, school related, and then um, and they they pay that per child. And then so um, we stay with them for a few years. Um, then um, and then we eventually switch to Excel. Format is very similar, and um, so we've been with Excel for about I think probably four or five years now. So, um, I don't know, I, I would rather just, you know, like, if, you know, probably might be easier for, for people just ask me questions, because I, I don't know, because I, I, I could go on talking about like, our adventure, but I think it might be just, it might not, um, you know, it might not serve entirely what people may have in mind because yeah. because where I'm at I'm not saying that oh I'm all I'm all the way up here or anything like that I'm just saying that it is um it is a journey yeah and it, it is a it, growing it, process yeah. it's so, a very person it's a very um, personal journey too from the from the adventures of uh, it really is it's a it's, you're right Lisa it, and I've I've had the pleasure of watching this journey with Lisa and watching her go through this <laughs> um and I think to answer the question uh, that was asked by Lori earlier you, you're a good one to answer this question. So, Lisa, with your six children, I know, I know, because you used to come to Parent Ed with all your children. What, what did you do when you were trying to educate one child and you had five others or two children and you had four? You know, how, did, how did you manage time management with your children in the home doing your curriculum? It's hard. <laughs> and, you know, you just have to give yourself a lot of grace. 
I'm serious. Like, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I know. Serious. Like, you really have to give yourself a lot of grace because, um, I mean, especially if you have a 19 month old and you're like the baby is crying and you need a nurse and stuff, you know, you're just going to have to tell the five year old, you know what? You need to wait. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, you know, take care of the breastfeeding first. And then you, you know, and then you go, okay, I'll help you later. You know, or just say, you know what, here, watch that for five minutes, you know, or, you know, and that's, and, that's exactly uh, how then, Lisa sounds too. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, I mean, a lot of it, I, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it is kind of like, just, uh, it's almost like, remember I always I, I described to you like our life became like whack-a-mole yeah. life. Like you <laughs> yeah. just pretty much you whack that mole that pops out and then you take care of it before, you yeah. know, and then, and then manage the next fire that erupts, you know? So yeah. I do remember that. That's pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Lisa, could you just give yeah. a brief, brief description? Uh, I think it'll help the parents too, to kind of understand what, what would a day schedule look like for you? So, um, yeah, uh, well, a typical day, uh, back okay uh, our our schooling our life kind of had broke down to like the first three kids and the second three kids because between third number three and number four there's more of a bigger gap um they're about like two and a half about two, three years apart so that's why um there seems to you know it's like the, the first three um kind of was kind of like a group and um so but when i homeschooled um when i first started to homeschool um when i had the first three and we we did a lot of field trips, tons of field trips, especially have little kids, tons of field trips. We went to we had membership to like everything like Natural History Museum. We had membership to kids space. We had membership to I don't know, like everywhere. Uh, uh, what is it? Descanso Garden. We have membership to the zoo all the time. Every week we had somewhere to go. I mean, I mean, and then plus um, with homeschooling groups, we were going to places like, um, I, I remember one year they, they had like Legoland, like you could buy um, like homeschooling days. And then we would pack up everybody would drive down to San Diego. And it was like, I think at that time was like 20 bucks per ticket or something, you know, people, and then we spend the whole day there. And so tons of field trips. And um, because at that point, at that time, um, my philosophy was pretty much, and it still is like we, the kids learn everywhere. The kids learn and they pick up things everywhere we go. So we homeschool, they learn and we school everywhere. And, um, and, and then, so there was a lot less of, and then, you know, um, as far as like, you know, staying home and doing homework, um, you know, on the days that we don't have, um, field trip, then, you know, I, I we, we did all subjects, you know, um, and then the, but I always told them to do things in uh, the order, like, it was very important to get the course then, like math, language arts, reading, um, you know, grammar done, and then, um, the other and the science and then um and then science and history i alternate them so it was science on two days two for two days and um uh history for two days and then on friday it's kind of like a light day and um that's pretty much the gist of how we did it for the first three and then um and then when the when the the, the second three uh started to enter school age the older ones were getting older. They're getting into like middle school. So um, they took a lot of classes outside, like um, at this place. 
in um, at uh, EIE in Monrovia, which is a very, it's a very, if you, everybody should go check it out. I don't know if they're still open because of all the, with the COVID shutdown and stuff like that, but there's, it's an excellent resource place because they offered a lot of classes, um, in-person so, uh, classes. EIE? You know, EIE? E right, EIE. Okay. Right. It's off of Myrtle in Monrovia and they offer classes, um, lots of resources, curriculum. You want to browse curriculum, you know, it's packed up in there. Um, um, so, um, so the, the old, so at that point, um, the older ones were in, um, EIE, uh, taking classes, science classes, um, writing classes. Um, and then the younger ones, I just started to teach them like the basics at home, like, you know, math. So if you're looking into, um, how you teach them about number sense, um, I think the ones that I have used, um, that I find to be the most practical with, you know, I'm using that with my last three, um, are the manipulatives, which is the base 10 counters, simple stuff. You, um, in fact, my, my, we were just using that today. Well, it's, it's over there, but you know, have you seen those cubes, little counter cubes, the little blue cubes? And, um, I think that to be, and then, and then the 10 of them gets connected into like a, st uh, like a stick. And then that shows the 10 and then the hundreds are like a plate. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Christy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do. I do. So <laughs> I found that to be the best thing to teach about number sense. And it's, it's the most practical thing when it comes down to, uh, when it comes to teaching them about um, carrying over and also borrowing, you know, subtraction, you have to borrow. And then um, when you have to carry over um, how, so um, especially if your kid is a visual and um, kinesthetic learner, um, that's one of the very effective tools to use. Cool. So, um, oh, another thing is, you know, it's important to kind of just take notice what type of learner your kid is. Because yep. um, I, um, I found out my, um, my girls um, are, are very, um, there are more audio. And um, Shawen is very, you know, my son is very visual. And, um, and a couple of girls are super, super kinesthetic. Um, Xiao Jin uh, in particular, remember, uh, yes, she's got that time. Uh, I, I remember Xiao Jin. She wanted to touch, she wanted to lick everything, you yes. know. Um, yes, so, yes, yeah. Yes. So, you know, it's, it's also about you knowing your kid, you know, like, you know, just taking notice how, um, like giving them directions, you know, which way is it better when you assign them, you know, tell them something, when you communicate with them, do they function better when you tell them or do they function better when you leave them a note? Or do they t function better when you like touch them and say, "Hey," and shake them a little? Hey, <laughs> oh, Lisa, Lisa. <laughs> or guide guide them to where you want to go, right? <laughs> exactly. Do you want to have dinner right here, <laughs> Mrs. Henry? Yep. I wanted to mention something for that um, incoming kinder mom that a lot of the public school districts, once their child is enrolled in a class, usually the district has a website that then might be broken down into the different schools. And once you click on your school, they will have a bunch of resources of websites with math games and reading programs. Um, 
that the school district already has kind of organized. And, 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 that, and that go along a lot with what the, what the teacher is going to be teaching and also what the curriculum is for that school district, too. Thank you, Melina. Well, and it could be reminder. like Brain yeah. Pop Junior or yeah. like there's something and, and, and central. So, yeah, and, some of the, and the, a lot of the resources will be already bought by the school district and used. And so you'll yeah. have memberships. You'll have free memberships to those resources through your school district. So right. that's, a, that's a good reminder. Thank you, Melina. Thank you. Um, another couple more um, that we, because um, after we the, the shutdown, we did a lot of, um, we did a lot of science classes for, I mean, well, science videos, I think is a very good spot for science resources. It's called uh, Mystery Science. Um, I, uh, I think all the videos that I can think that I, I, that we came across, they're all free. But I'm not, I'm not sure, is it because, you know, it's the COVID times or it's always been free, but um, that's a really good place to go. So it's mysteryscience.com. And, um, and then the Enchanted Learning, it's another place that my kids had done before. Um, lots of um, worksheets too, but I don't know if that's subscription-based or if you have to pay for it. But then again, a lot of these places that, um, that, that used to be subscription because of the, you know, um, you know, the shutdown situation, a lot of them are offering it for free. So, you know, it doesn't hurt to just check it out. Yeah. Okay, let's go. Lisa, thank you so much. We're going to go to Elim. Um, and Elim, welcome. Um, so um, I'm mother of three. I, my oldest is uh, going to sixth grade. Then I have who's, uh, who I homeschooled starting last year. So I'm a newbie. Um, and I have a fourth grader going into fourth grader who will stay at PUSD. And then I have a rising TK that I was going to put him into um, the, the district TK, but right now at this point, probably going to homeschool him as well. Um, so what's interesting is I'm probably, uh, I was, I am, or I was where you are now a year ago, like, you know, trying to figure out what to do, um, you know, and certainly I, um, we decided to homeschool our oldest one, uh, for a reason, so we made the, a, an active choice to homeschool, uh, which may be in a better position. Um, but at the same time, though, we don't know what it means. I do have a good friend who have, um, homeschooled all three of her kids, or her oldest is uh, 15. So I've seen her done it, so I know it's possible, um, and that helps. <laughs> so, and I think, you know, in the in the year of reflection, I mean, there are a few things that, that um, may help give you guys some peace of mind, I think. Um, one is parents don't have to do it all. Parents don't have to know everything. You know, I, I'm not a trained teacher. Certainly, I'm, you know, a working professional. So I have some knowledge, you know, I graduated from college. But still, that doesn't make me per se a, you know, qualified to teach everything. So there are plenty of resources out there. Um, either it's free or for a small fee or for, you know, a few hundred dollars if somebody, you know, some professionals put a whole curriculum together. So there are many options out there, um, depending on what you're looking for. Um, and then the other thing I learned is um, don't try to create school at home. You know, you're not homeschooling. It's a, it's just like, you know, if your kid go from, you know, preschool to, or even just each grade, each grade is a different, you know, setup. So don't try to create school at home. 
And um, this is one question that uh, sometimes help is if you guys just think for a moment, you know, pick one of your kids who have been in a school setting um, of the six, seven hours that they're in school between your drop off and your pickup at the minimum. Um, how long do you think they actually actively learn? I mean, you know, minus of the obvious, minus the lunchtime or break or recess, or even when they're in a classroom, how long do they actually, each of them actively learn? So from that perspective, um, you may be more comfortable with the fact that they, they don't need to sit at home and learn for six hours or four hours or, you know, or even two hours, really. They're, you know, each grade level, it's different. You know, the higher, you know, middle high school probably spend more hours actively learning. The younger grade, the lower grade is they're learning other skills as well besides just the knowledge. And then, um, oh, and then, and then this is the biggest one for me is um, take the child's lead. So when, when kids go to a school, a brick and mortar school, there is a curriculum waiting for them. And, you know, sometimes it fit the kid, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it interests the kid, sometimes it doesn't, but, you know, a lot of kids go with the flow and, and figure it out. But in a homeschool setting, you have the luxury to really let the kid lead the learning. Learning can be anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so like, for example, my oldest one is, it's really into the military, you know, and he's, you know, he just finished fifth grade. So, you know, it probably isn't a subject that's, isn't a topic that's studied in, in any of his schools. He actually has been to different schools. He's been to a charter school has been to a language immersion school. And, but last year we were able to use that interest um, to allow him to uh, actually build his you know, writing skill, build his research skill, build even his you know, history skill, like, you know, or just study of humans. So like, it can be so many ways of studying, or actually we even do math you know, study on them. Just you know, one of his interests, he was looking at battleships you know, in, in the different, you know, wars. So we're actually looking at measurements and stuff. So, and that's something actually called a unit study that we, we use the theme, a subject matter, not a topic to drive the learning. And, you know, so in preparation of next year, he and I actually talk about, okay, what are the things you want to learn? And um, I asked him on a bad day. So he said, you know, I'm going to, you know, I want to, you know, video game. I want to, you know, sleep and play. I said, no problem. I mean, if you really think about it, all those can turn into all the subject areas that he will need. You know, science, you know, writing, math, social studies, and all that. So it's not, it, it, this is where the best part of homeschooling is. And I feel, I, I feel like I'm kind of addicted to it now. Like, you know, we're, we're really interested to keep going. It's because it gave us the freedom um, to let the kid learn the same concept, if not more, in, in a way that, um, that they get more um, enjoyment out of it. So, Elim, did, so. did you see a change? Because, uh, you know, it, a year ago, you know, seeing him in, his private, in a public school when I saw him, you know, did you see a change? Did you see a light come? come on within his learning and wanting this year and this, this last year, did you see a change in him 
that's what you're, you're um, describing the team, it, so right <laughs> so so it kind of so that's what triggered it i i um you guys all know mrs henry is very insightful um he, she can read kits without you know really spending a whole lot of time with the kids already so i i i have the privilege and luxury of, of um having her do a school observation for me on the on the oldest kid and certainly learn about what his school life is like and then we realized that you know he his life will be more enriched in other settings and then given that it, he's going into fifth grade we don't want to start him on a new school that only spent a year or two so we we thought you know let's try homeschooling and give everyone a break and chance to you know, explore other options. So, okay. so um, the year has been more relaxed. There is less stress um, going on. And so, um, and certainly it allows him to explore his interests. So there's less stress in learning as well. Um, I think that the biggest stress is because we realize we don't need him to be, you know, studying for six hours you know, all of a sudden he has a lot of free time. And then so we, we have to figure out how to um, help him structure his free time. So then it's a balance of activities. And then I, I want to mention about my TK because um, um, I work from home. So I always have little one with me while I work. And, you know, <laughs> well, Mrs. Henry may not agree with this one. <laughs> They learn over time that, you know, I mean, some of you may have, you know, experienced that too in the last few months, especially when you have to work and, and whatever grade they are, they come to you all the time, like mommy, mommy, or daddy, daddy. And then it becomes of, you know, I, I'm in a meeting or I give them a warning, you know, I'm going to be in the meeting in the next, you know, I'm going into a meeting in the next 15 minutes. Then they will say whatever they need to say or want from me and then I move you know to a different space for that and then but if they still want to come they know that I'm in a meeting so they have to wait for my signal to 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 see if they can speak or you know if I I, I agree so. with this Elim I agree with this this is all good I have no qualms okay. here <laughs> and then and then over time I mean like so my little one right I mean I've always worked from home with all three of them so even my little one early on, he would kind of see the signal if I'm physically somewhere else, then he knows that that's a time that, um, you know, he can bug me. And then when I come back out from that space, he would say, mommy, was I quiet? Or, you know, mommy, did I do good? And I say, like, yeah, thank you for doing that. You know exactly what I need. So it's like, it takes time. Certainly, you know, every kid is different. Every prison is different, um, but it's doable. Even just setting setting aside some activity for the 19 months to play and then spend the next 15 minutes with the kindergartner to learn something and then you know and then the kindergartner can continue to do whatever that you started with and then you can attend back to the 19 months old yeah yeah i have a question you may have already answered it i'm just like Tired. Yeah, it's me again. Sorry for <laughs> not polite. <laughs> no worries, Lord. No worries. Um, how do you separate being mommy from being mommy the teacher when you are 
I don't want to say disciplining them, but getting them to focus because they just can't focus or you're getting them to concentrate or you're getting them to listen. And it, you know, we kind of went through it in preschool when preschool would send us some stuff and it's like, look at what you're doing, pay attention, you know, and he's off looking around the room or whatever noise gets his attention. But kindergarten is the real thing. And I know it may not be, but it kind of is. And, and cause it's also preparing you for first grade and so on. But, you know, mommy is lovey and cuddly and fun, but mommy, the teacher is not. <laughs> I want to hear I want to hear from Lisa Elam and Christy on this one and, and any of the parents that taught this last semester please help Lori understand how this all works please Lisa you well, go because I know I know, I know what Lisa's gonna say I want to <laughs> you know I, I want to tell some I, I want to share a story um you know, in begin in the beginning when I first started to homeschool, um, my I was thinking. Um, well, actually, when I first the first year when I started, I was so stressed out because I felt like I ruined my child's life, and he was in kindergarten. And then I said, "Oh my gosh, he's you know, you know, I I'm you know, we're it, it was just very very stressful." So, um, but you got to realize that your child is constantly learning from you, constantly, regardless um, whether you're fun, you're not fun, or you're lovey-dovey or not, you know, they're constantly, and they're always watching you, because, you know, like your tone of voice, the way you talk to, and the way that you engage other people, not just your child, but you engage your husband, your friend, uh, how you, um, they, they're constantly watching you. Your dog, so your it's cat. Not like, yes. yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's not like, um, you know, and then, and then I think um, it is not a, it, it is not a negative thing if you set a time saying that, hey, it's time to concentrate and um, let's get this done. I mean, because, because um, it's, um, you know, there's all, there's benefit in, you know, teaching them how to complete a task, right? And if you, if you have a boy um, like mine that was squirmy and that, you know, can't seem to focus like what we typically think of focusing, then give them a little bit more break, you know, just saying that, Hey, what are you looking at? What are you focusing at? And just, you know, have a conversation with him and saying, you know, and, and, and then, and then go back to what, what needs to be, to be um, the task that needs to be completed. Um, so, you know, so it, it doesn't need to be where like you have to, you know, like change a different hat or something like that. So um, that's what, you know, that's, that's, that's our approach. Can and, I bring um, child over to your house? You sound great. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then also, I mean, in the beginning, I was very much concerned about uh, when I only have two kids. I remember I was at Mrs. Henry's class in that Eddie park. Um, and I remember I'm um, thinking that, oh, I want to tend to my child's feeling. I was so con concerned about, like, worrying about how my child would react and, you know, hurting the, the child's feelings that I wasn't really being able to um, teach them and be really um, 
genuine with them. And, um, but, and I'm not saying that, you know, I slap them around or anything like that. I don't. Um, but it's just that um, you, they need to see for who you are. You like the way that you conduct business, the way that you really are. And um, so, um, and it takes time to learn. It really does. So, um, you know, it, see homeschooling as a journey, as an adventure. Um, you know, it, it, it will take you places where you really never thought. I mean, I never thought I was going to homeschool my kid, you know, past high school. I was thinking of putting them back into high school, but it just happened the way it did. And they're now you know, doing great. So. Thank you. Christy, do you want to share anything? Um, I mean, I would just say try to enjoy the year. You know, if you're pretty sure he's going to go back to school or go to school for the first time in first grade, um, you know, this could be your only year homeschooling, and I would enjoy it. I know that's easier, <laughs> easier said than done, but um, but you know, now that my kids are older, I just it's um, you know, it's a special time. Like when when school means they're sitting on your lap and you're reading with them and just asking them questions about the story like that's that's you know an amazing special time so enjoy that and when school means you're going out and picking up leaves and talking about the different kinds of trees you know it's it's a great time to homeschool so I would enjoy it I wouldn't uh, I I definitely wouldn't um I mean, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I definitely had workbooks when I homeschooled a kindergartner. We had like one math workbook, one grammar workbook, but it was, I tried to keep it short. Um, you know, the workbooks were like no more than an hour a day total and probably less than that. So yeah, try. I would just try to, to keep it gentle, keep it fun. Yeah. And then I think there's something to do with expectation, too, that at, at a kindergarten level, you know, I think Christy might have said it, you know, really, it's that 15, 20 minutes attention span. So and, and you could even do that. I mean, depending on the kid, you could even break that into half, like 10 minutes and then move on. And then, you know, after some other task, come back for the next 10 minutes. And then if the kid is ready, then you, know, you can come back after another break for another 10 minutes. So. Um, because we set learning is everywhere. And especially, I mean, it sounds like your, your older one is already quite advanced as a kindergartner. That, that means you are already teaching him without formally teaching him. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's already, it's already happening. She's already, she's right, already, quote, right. unquote, so, she's already homeschooled at this point. Yes. Exactly. And, and that's what it is. It's, it's, yeah. it's, don't yeah. stress over it. And, and if you keep doing what you're doing, you know, if he is already at his level before he entered kindergarten, he would still be, you know, in that events level for next year, for example. Um, but in the meantime, you know, he doesn't have to think of mommy as a mean person or a really strict person because you're still fun and doing all kinds of things that you do anyway, especially in the early years. <laughs> Parents, any, you any know, last questions? Wanna, yeah, Lisa, go ahead. I, I want to leave you guys something. Um, I mean, that's something that I have kind of like, you know, kind of distilled pretty much in the end. Because, um, you know, 
the bottom line is just setting aside academics and everything like that, because we homeschool, we spend so much time together. I can say that I know my kids very, very well. And my kids know me very, very well, because we really know each other because of all the time that we spend together. Um, you know, they know how I treat other people. They know, um, the way that I conduct my life. They, they know that, um, so, so I think that's something that you guys, you know, that, that everybody should keep in mind too. So it's not just about, you know, Oh, you know, do they know how to do addition subtraction, but they learn a lot of life lessons from you as well. So, you know, and that's very important for them to, to pick up. It's not something that's very easy to teach, but when they're around you, you, you get to teach them that. All right. I think we're going to conclude. And I want to say very, very big thank you to Christy, Morgan, Elim, and, and Lisa and her whole, her whole family. Thank you all for taking time tonight. I, much appreciated um, across the board. I, I just um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everyday Parenting is produced by me, Teresa Wang. The music you hear in our podcast is courtesy of the Emmy Award-winning artist, Stephen Morell. If you have a question for Mary Beth and the Everyday Parenting podcast community, please join us on our Facebook group. Just search for Everyday Parenting Group on Facebook. Don't miss our next episode. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Also, please take the time out to find us and rate us on iTunes.